Preparing to delve in three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Delve. My name is Nathan. And I'm Alex. And uh, Alex, you know we actually have a guest on the show today. I know, it's been such a long time. Tonight, we have, tonight, depending on what time you're listening to this, wow, you've been on the show several times, uh, Jason Anarchy. Hello. Hello, Jason. It is I. Yes, <laughs> you have come to bring Anarchy to the show yet again. Thanks for having me back. Welcome back. It has been three years and six years of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I felt like I was on here last year, and I was thinking about that, and I'm like, I thought I talked about the last Drinking Quest game, but it, yeah, we skipped one, mm. and then now I'm coming up with a new one, it's upcoming Tuesday. And by the time this airs, you know, it'll probably be live already on Kickstarter. Can I talk about that quickly? Can I shill that super you quick? Shill, oh, you shill your arson shill away. Cool. All right, so I'm known for, uh, yeah, I'm a board game designer, I'm most known for the Drinking Quest series, which is like Dungeons & Dragons. But when your hero dies, you have to chug the remainder of your drink in real life to continue. So it's half drinking game, half, you know, role-playing game, you know, a simple role-playing game. Um, but uh, on Kickstarter, there should be a game called Drinking Quest Six Pack by the time this airs. So that's the first six Drinking Quest games in one box. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's bigger, it's flashier, it's dumber. You've got all six games. You can combine them. You know, a Dungeons & Dragons guy did the cover. Everything looks really nice. Components are way better. That's uh, six games for the price of two. So that sounds like something you, the listener, are interested in. It should be on Kickstarter, and it's called Drinking Quest Six Pack. Six Pack not included, though. Six Pack. Oh man, we we debated somehow having it look like a six pack of beer, oh. and and it was it was doable, but it just would have been a nightmare, and it wouldn't have been practical for anyone. So the box <laughs> looks awesome. It's an incredible looking box, but uh, I had come out with a really impractical game box last year, and I'm, at this point, now that I actually have the physical game, I'm like shaking my head, and I'm like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> um, so I, I, I made a I made a game with uh, extra fabulous comics, uh, Zach Stafford. So he's he's just an awesome dude and uh, a really really good creative collaborator. So the the attitude we had was. Um, and, and, you know, normally I've got a sense of, okay, I want to make something fun, but since I self-publish, it's like, you know, I want to make sure, you know, I can sell this and I want to make sure I'm making, you know, not the dumbest possible business decisions I can make, um, mm. which, which do happen sometimes. So in this case, Zach and I were working on this game called Millennial Manatees, which, uh, you know, we, we just wanted, uh, we wanted to make a game for people that are just sick of, uh, you know, think piece articles, you know, that, uh, that have an opinion about millennials, this kind of takes the conversation sideways by just being such a mundane take on it and depicting millennials as these like wide-eyed manatees. Um, <laughs> it's a hard game to describe, but it's the, the humor is, is on, like it is a funny game. Um, and it comes packaged in a hot pink fanny pack, nice. which because the game is about manatees, we call it a fanatee pack. Nice. Um, so at the time I'm like, Oh, these will move at conventions like crazy. Cause I, you know, I work, in a normal year i'll work like 15 to 20 conventions a year and then zach was about to start doing like a whole bunch of conventions and i'm like okay this gimmick will be great because people will walk by at the convention and be like huh it comes in a fanny pack that's funny and um but then you know pandemic year happens and it's like okay this is a really difficult game to sell and store um when uh you know you, you don't see it in 
person. Um, so I'm just working on better ways to like kind of show it online and, uh, you know, it, it looks really good in person, but I'm trying to figure out the best way to kind of present it uh, in picture form. Um, and then once conventions start again, you know, we'll move through what we have. I'm not overly worried about it, but it's, um, you know, it, it was a funny gimmick, but it's not practical at all. Yeah, um, that makes it a lot tougher when you can't do things in person like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. And another gimmick we had too was like, well, if you don't like the game, just throw it in the garbage and you got a fan- fanny pack, you know? It's like <laughs> you can put your hand sanitizer in there or something. You know, it's just uh, <laughs> it's hot pink. Like, it looks awesome. Have you done like a, uh, a video thing instead of just like a picture of like someone taking the fanny pack, turning it around in front of them, and like yeah, pulling I, the game out of it? I, I, I should. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean to start a TikTok account because I'm like, okay, I can make, I can make 20 second like dumb videos like that suits my games. Um, sure. Like I've got a few, I've got a few like you know pretty pretty vanilla like, gameplay videos where it's like, okay, if someone actually wants to learn how to play the game, you know, okay, no bullshit. Here's a video of just how to play the game. You know, and I think they're like five minutes, so they don't, you know, um, you know, they're not long, and you know, there's not a lot of investment required on mm-hmm. the player. But yeah, they're they're pretty straightforward. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think when I start doing TikTok, which you know could be a week from now, could be a month from now, um, everything's just a matter of you know time, money, and resources and stuff like that. It's like if I can set aside the time, that is something I would like to do. I think uh, you know featuring a card of card of the day or something like you know in in quick video form and just have an insane scream at the end or whatever. Like there's there's a lot of potential for that format, and uh, yeah, and, and I think you know it's there was a lot of how it's like a China-owned social media platform, and it's like my data is mm. equally not safe with every yeah. social media platform <laughs> that I already use. Yeah, so I'm not too worried about that. So. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I think I, I'm excited to use TikTok. Yeah, 20 seconds, sh- like almost a skit, would be perfect for a lot of things you do. I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, it's just because um, when I'm at a convention, it's like people see the games that i do and they're like you know they'll read some cards or something and they'll laugh and they'll be like oh it's funny you know i think this will be fun and i think uh part of my designer style is that uh, typically when you have a funny game it's uh you know there's there's some you know element that the players are doing to make it funny so for example you know cards against humanity all the player is doing is combining two cards and then that's what they did to be funny and so that's like player interaction and it fits all the game design principles and that game was really successful because, you know, it was so simple. Um, right. But with my stuff, I, I like to have, like, you know, simple mechanics, something that's, you know, 20 minutes that you can start and play quickly. But I have a lot of, like, scripted humor. I just load these games up with jokes, and I have a lot of fun doing that. Um, and in a way, it's, you know, it's kind of against what you want to do with game design. But on the other side of the coin, it's like, okay, the games are just straight up funny, and there's absolutely no onus on the players. And it's almost a guarantee that if you play this, you know, even if the mechanics, you know, don't excite you, that the jokes will, you know, you'll have a few laughs that way. Um, so it's kind of, you know, attacking, you know, how do I make a good game on multiple fronts? It's, uh, you know, I'm having different reasons why people would like these games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, here's a thought, too. If you're, if you're going to do TikTok, you could do YouTube shorts. Remember, Alex? Yeah. The YouTube shorts. Get the algorithm working for you. 20 second card card reveals yeah yeah that is a good idea thousands of views yeah and i've I've only had like the odd youtube video like one every two years just because it's too much effort um 
But it's like, yeah, if I'm doing like short videos on TikTok, TikTok, I can take the best ones and just put those on YouTube. Yeah, oh, a lot yeah. of people just re-upload TikToks to video, uh, to YouTube to video. <laughs> and it's working out very well for some people. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm psyched to do that. Yeah. Maybe after the Kickstarter, I'll sit down and finally figure that out. This is the six-pack of Drinking Quest games, being that there's six Drinking Quest games in it, right? Yes. How many games total have you made now? I did some calculations a few weeks ago. I think by the end of the year, I'll have 18 commercially released games. Um, this is my 10th year of being a designer indie publisher. Um, so I'm doing doing about two games a year, which is kind of neat on average. That's like three six-packs. Yeah, and all my games have some kind of like funny gimmick to them, uh, except my, my I'm going to say my best-playing game is probably my least funny, but it's still a really likable game. It's called Newfoundland Jam. So it, uh, you know, hey, you have board games that are set in a, you know, a certain, you know, geographical location. It's like, okay, this one's set in Newfoundland and, uh, you know, you're making jam. It's based on a wholesome story my mom told me when I was 10, but she used to make jam back home in Newfoundland. Um, but I also thought since I'm kind of known as an edgy humor guy, I'd throw in some like funny Newfoundland swear words that she would show when she was angry. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tagline is make some friggin' jam. Uh, the first, mm-hmm. the last player to call someone a juice arse goes first. Comes with the large hundred and Jesus expansion. You know, it's uh, I had a lot of fun with that one, and it's it's really colorful. There's a, there's a great uh, artist Kelly Basto. She does watercolors, um, but that game does not have like a joke per card. It's got a funny kind of overall kind of theme to it, and it's it's weirdly kind of a beautiful game to look at. Uh, oh yeah, and you also have to watch out for this mainlander raccoon called the Jam Burglar who's trying to steal your jam. Oh. Um, but but anyway, yeah. So the, the point is though, it's not like punchline per card like basically every other game that I've done. But this one, uh, me personally, it's my favorite because it just it plays so well. Uh, like it's one of those games you can just sit there and play over and over and over again. And uh, often the last thing I ever want to do is play one of my games. But that's like the weight of my heart when someone suggests playing Newfoundland. Yeah. See, what you need now is a card in a drinking quest game that is just called Newfoundland Jam. And it could be like an item. I could throw a Newfoundland jam at somebody. I could put in like some kind of like an alcoholic jam or something. I don't, I don't want to. It, it takes place in the, in the Drinking Quest universe. I don't want to reference like a, a a place on Earth. But yeah, that's. Okay. Uh, or, or, or there might be a way to play around with the words. Yeah, there, there's always something. Yeah, yeah. I think old put, found uh, land. It's just older. <laughs> it's not newfound. It's old found. Old Lostington. And I remember, like, right before I was about to announce that game, I was at PAX East, and I saw this, like, big, like, Euro game called Journey to the Newfound Land. And it was yeah. just, you know, it was one of those serious kind of grindy type games. And I was like, oh, man, there's going to be another Newfoundland game when I, when I release this. And uh, it was just one of those dumb things. Nobody cared for a second. So. It's one of those interesting things, though. It's like you have two games, and they happen to be something like Newfoundland. All of a sudden, people are kind of going, what's this new Newfoundland craze in gaming? <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, it was just a random... It was just two games that happened to have the same basic theme. It's not like a trend. It would have been yeah. great had you had the booth right next to them. Yeah, oh, that would have been... But no, it's uh, stuff like that. You just become friends with people. That, that's why I miss conventions. It's like, it's just so easy to make friends with people that are doing cool stuff. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, if there's a game I've been playing for years to meet someone that was involved in that, it's like, that's that's the stuff I always liked. And, you know, a lot of people just like going to hang out, and play games and, you know, buy some games or whatever. But it's like, uh, I, I always liked 
just uh, talking with industry people. Uh, I always hated networking, but I liked meeting people. So my, my trick to networking is basically just, you know, if, uh, if you meet someone that's done something you like, just honestly gush about it, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, oh man, five years, five years ago, you did this card that had this style and it had this mechanic or you wrote this joke or whatever. Um, so that, that's my first trick is just, you know, gush honestly about the stuff you like and the work that's, you know, other people have done. And, uh, trick number two is just, you know, if you're in a situation where you can drink, that always makes it easier. Oh um, yeah. So, yes. and being, being the drinking quest guy, yeah, there's, uh, I've got to, you know, sometimes play that up a little bit. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but that, I, I don't mind having a few beers at a convention. That's totally okay. Um, this is also really good advice if you need to get somebody on a podcast. You yeah, just letting them <laughs> yes. have a few drinks. Yes, you let them have a few drinks. You, you, you don't provide it to them, but you, but you openly gush about stuff. Yeah, and, and, and I know there's there, there's some creative types that just hate talking about the, the work that they've done. Mm. And, it, you know, on, on some level, like, like I get it, but on the other level, it's like, you know, the amount of time you put into this stuff, like, shouldn't you be excited about it? Because, I don't know, that's, that's always how I've been. And it's sure. like, don't get me wrong, like like any any job that you put a lot of hours in, you know, there's going to be, you know, downside and there's going to be times where you're like, oh, why am I doing this? But it's like, you know, overall, you know, I... Uh, I was in the newspaper industry before I went to games and it was like, okay, well, I like these problems. I prefer to have these problems better than the problems I had, you know, I was working a traditional office job kind of thing. Oh yeah. 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 What did you do in the news industry? Um, I did all kinds of stuff in newspapers. Um, so I wasn't like a reporter or anything, but when I was 13, I started selling newspaper subscriptions door to door. Oh, and it was okay. like, uh, you know, I, I didn't come from a lot of money or anything. So it was like, you can make a lot of money doing that. Like it's crazy. So I'm like, I'm 13. I'm making $300 a week working like two nights. Ooh. Like it's crazy. Um, and so it's just, you know, right away I was like, Oh, okay. Working is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, like buying super Nintendo games and stuff. It was great. Um, so yeah. Um, Good era. Mm -hmm. And then just, just, just from there, you know, I, I, I just kept moving up and doing all kinds of different jobs and then went to school for business management while I was managing, uh, like a like a survey call center there and then you know i just hopped around and you know i was a district manager and i was this and i was that but uh okay. at the end of the day it was kind of a dead end the way that the newspaper industry was going i know and it's like you know I, I yeah i was I, I was too young to stay where i was so i'm like i didn't take business management with the intention of starting a business but uh you know it was just a certain point where it's like all right well if this is what i have to do then i'm gonna do it and then the other part of that motivation was uh you know i just growing up, I was always really into punk rock. There's a whole lot of, you know, think for yourself, DIY work ethic and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, well, that's, this is what indie punk bands do. I'm going to do that, but with, with uh, board games. So, yeah, no, I speak from experience because I also started out in the newspaper industry. <laughs> oh, right on. That's awesome. What was I? I was 17. I think, yeah, it was like 17. I actually became a general assignment reporter. So the first awesome. few, yeah. So the first few years of my life was working um, as uh layout design proofreading and then uh reporting and photography at a, a weekly newspaper so i know a, totally what you mean by there's not a lot of <laughs> mobility <laughs> you yeah. just kind of end up doing a lot of other things but you're it's all like lateral for the most part <laughs> yeah and uh and the weird thing too when i started uh school for business management it's like there were a lot of opportunities and i actually took that course to get a specific job there that paid well and, you know, was unionized and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, by, by the time I was, I was done school, it's like, it was completely different. None of those jobs 
existed anymore. They would never hire, you know, that position again kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Um, so they're just replacing them with, you know, you know, high turnover people that'll just come in and out and work for less kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but be, being your own boss, you know, it's it's more hours, but it's like, OK, well, you know, it's you only ever have yourself to blame. And I kind of like that. I can't be. Oh, sure. You know, bitter at the system or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> playing to the I, boss. Yeah, oh, no exactly. way. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, it's uh, so, yes, yeah, so sometimes, you know, if, if I'm hard on myself, it's like. It's kind of like, you know, when my boss is being an asshole, it's like, oh, okay, now that's me. Uh Oh, Um, (laughs) I'm the asshole. But, you know, whatever. It's like, uh, you know, I I wasn't in a I wasn't in a bad position before, but it's like, you know, just kind of trading up for a different set of problems that are are better than the existing set, I guess, is always how I've looked at it. So, oh, sure. um, But plus, you know, I, I, I like being funny for a living by releasing funny things. Um, Sure. and, And I miss conventions a lot. For that reason, because that's when you, uh, that, that was the way to have your finger on the pulse of what people responded to. Um, you know, just, just seeing a hundred strangers a day react to, you know, whatever given game. It's like, wow, yeah, okay, you know, you know, this element of this game really worked. This one, you know, didn't get noticed as much, you know, things like that. Um, and I can still do that, you know, online to some degree, but it was, uh, it was a really efficient way to get a lot of information um you know working a three-day convention you know wherever so oh, yeah sure. it's a lot less of me skimming through hundreds and hundreds of posts on social media uh and it's more of just seeing things up front and like even trying things out then yeah and i think uh i think once covid you know there's going to be a turning point where you know I, I feel like you know sometime later this year overnight it's going to feel like covid is basically over and i feel mm-hmm. like it's all going to happen at once and i think we're going to get a few years of everyone really wanting to go out and hang out, you know, person to person because we didn't appreciate it before, but now we know what we all miss. And so I think, I think there's going to be this huge boom where people are just going to be really happy to be offline for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I miss the outsides. I remember the outs. I remember outside. I I remember the sun. The sun was great. (laughs) <laughs> and it's, and the funny thing is, is that the majority of my life, I was an indoor kid. <laughs> like, like right, indoors yeah, is where I wanted yeah. to be. But, but now yeah, I'm that's... like, oh man, I, I, I did not appreciate the out. <laughs> I did not appreciate the outside. All right. I'm, I'm going to read a tweet that I retweeted the other day. It's a Twitter account uh, called Not a Wolf. And the gimmick oh, is that he's obviously a wolf. Yes. Yeah. So, so the other day he tweeted, uh, Yes, my current mental state is just one of those th- time-lapse clips of a plant wilting, but I am positive another so- another sad little walk around my neighborhood will set everything right. And it's just all caps, and it's just, yeah. oh. Yeah, you, you've captured that a little too perfectly. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. Oh, yeah, do not you a wolf think, is great. <laughs> uh, do you think, Jason, that uh, given that mindset that there's going to be this boom of people who want to be, like, outdoors, mm. do you think games that are light enough to carry with you on the go and play outside are going to be a hit oh absolutely yeah it's um yeah that that's always been a benefit of of the games that i put out generally they've been pretty small and portable with the exception of the upcoming drinking quest six pack um that's going to be my first like big game and even then it's you know let's call it a medium-sized game um but for me you know it's pretty big uh you know being an indie publisher it's like having a small game means that okay i can usually store all of my 
inventory in the country in my house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm Canadian and I've got a U.S. Uh, shipping or uh, storage facility and stuff like that, too. Um, but with a big game, it's like, OK, I'm going to have to get a little more creative with that. Uh, and, you know, shipping's cheaper and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I felt like this is the right time to do something that was bigger. Because um, I did a, another compilation, Drinking Quest Trilogy Edition, where I recolorized the first three games uh, sure, and kind of okay. remastered them. Yeah, and then Six Pack does that even more and makes everything even better. And it's uh, got everything. There's about 30 brand new cards where I just replaced a lot of old cards that didn't age well for whatever reason. So, like, you know, I'll mm. have... I'll have like some meme jokes on a card. So I'll have like an alcoholic goblin, but he's, you know, scumbag Steve or something, right? Like, you know, maybe some of those old memes don't quite hold up uh, as they sure. once did. So there's a, there's a few I let kind of steep through that I deem like, you know, classic meme jokes that people will still get. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'll have a little re- less reliance on those. And it's it, it's not too hard to come up with a, with a new good concept to kind of replace it that's still fit the theme of the quest so um, absolutely the, the the creative part of everything it has always been like really easy for me because my my way that i design a game is just um you know it was always something that i was doing anyway but i never thought i would turn into a job sure. um so i was like i was like D with my friends and stuff since i was a kid but it's like you know everyone just the, the attention spans were too low you know no, no one could yeah. learn the actual way to play the rules and so i would just be a dungeon master and i just dumb it down to something that was you know, playable and fun and not this hardcore game. Um, and I'd always just put in a lot of like dumb inside jokes and try and make everybody laugh just because that's who I am. Yeah. And uh, and then with with the first Drinking Quest game years ago, I'm like, well, I'm just going to have that same philosophy of when I make games for my friends because, you know, we've had dozens upon dozens of nights doing this and I feel like I have a sense of what works and what doesn't. And, uh, and that was a good starting point. Um, you know, beyond that, it was... Uh, the biggest challenge was, okay, just keep making everything higher quality. Because uh, the first game, you know, was black and white. And, you know, it was, it was a little bit indie looking, which is fine. But uh, since then, you know, my games, you know, look equal to other stuff that's out on the market. So, um, sure. yeah, it was it was an interesting place to come from. And it's like, in my heart, as, as long as I'm always making games for me and my dumb friends, then uh, then I think I'm doing it right. Yeah, yeah. You just hope that your pool of dumb friends gets incrementally larger as time goes on, and then you're all set. <laughs> just make sure that there's a ton of them. Another part of it too was like, uh, you know, I can't be the only one that likes drinking and playing RPGs and laughing at jokes. Like it's just, no. you know, that that was that was kind of the formula. It's you know, it's uh, okay, drinking quest. It's a drinking game. It's an RPG, and it's funny. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, so, and that was, you know, that, that worked and it's, it's been pretty consistent. So exactly. you, you just gotta, you gotta, gotta find your formula. Yeah. Yeah. The perfect formula of hops and barley and, uh, you're, you're all set. Dice. Yeah. That, that was and the and perfect yeast. time to mention that drinking quests is probably a game best not played with shots. Oh, oh yeah. Don't, don't play it with shots. No. <laughs> Have you played you it can... with shots? I, I have not. I've played it with beer. Um, well, oh, okay. I don't drink yeah, beer. I played good. it with hard cider. cider. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, cider's too. But Okay, yeah. there's uh, Drinking Quest uh, Old Habits, uh, which is out now at drinkingquest.com. Uh, that one has uh, one of the quests is just all about cider, randomly. Oh, so nice. you might like Perfect. that one. Uh, it's, also, it. it's also part of Six Pack. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a whole quest that's just devoted to cider and cider humor. And... Uh, you know, which exists. I'm like, 
can I write 12 funny cards about cider? And I'm like, okay, yep. Um, can I? <laughs> sure, sure, sure can. why not? Wrote 13. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Technically, shouldn't we be drinking grog? I feel like that's more I think, yeah, I, thematically. I've correct. had a few pirate quests throughout the years, and I think, yeah, grog has been mentioned on those cards. Gotcha. Uh, and there's a boss in one of the games called Grog Derp, which I, I always thought was a good name for a, that's a, a great derpy name. goblin guy. Yeah, yeah. The the all I really know about Grog is that it apparently is pretty weak alcohol. So so that actually might work perfectly for this particular oh. format. Is that it's pretty watered down. Um but yeah, I I'm guessing cuz cuz the amount of time that you actually play any of these guys, well, especially because we have the six of them. You're saying I, I could play the six of these back to back, right? Oh god, no. No, no, no. It's uh, so it's oh, it's like six okay. full games. So oh. it's like don't don't play more than one game in a night. I would not oh, recommend oh, that. Oh, okay. Uh, for, okay. For so yeah, it's state, like like, or... yeah. like Yeah, so it's you know, for for my lawyer's sake, I promised I would never oh, know. It's okay. Of, of of course I don't want to get sued by recommending dangerous things, but it's like of course I would never want anyone to get hurt playing my game. Sure. Um, yeah, but I don't know what people are drinking. There's also, you know, a pretty strong level of personal responsibility there too. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it, you... it, it's it's so if you look at if you look at any given drinking game, um, they normally like I can't name a single drinking game that actually kind of looks out for you know what a reasonable limit of drinking is for a human. Mm, um, yeah, because they're all still... they're all basically unlimited unlimited drinks, right? Mm. And most drinking games boil down to. Drink as much as you can, as fast as you can, and nobody. There's always one person that can't last past the first 15 minutes, so it's hard to have an actual game part of the drinking game. Um, yeah. Yeah. So with with drinking quest, because the mission statement was always half RPG and half drinking game, it's like okay, so how do I do this so people can finish the game uh, and not go to the hospital? Um, and you know what what is enough of a drinking game and what is enough of an RPG where this can work? Um, so each game is divided into four different quests. And if your hero dies, you chug the remainder of your drink in real life. Uh, it assumes you're kind of just drinking a drink anyway, hanging out with your friends. Um, and if you have to chug more than once in the same quest, you just do, you know, three swigs. Uh, and that's kind of the, the mercy rule. So I think worst case scenario, you're going to be around four drinks in a given game. But it also depends on the way that you play. If you want to get through the game without drinking at all, um, you know, it's possible to do that. Uh, because the player who wins uh, wins by having the most experience points by you know fighting monsters and uh, you know being in various situations and you know having the positive outcome not the negative one. Um, sure. So so whoever has the most XP wins, but whoever has least amount of XP loses. But they also chug the most, so they they still kind of have their own special participation win. badge there. I've actually <laughs> always really enjoyed that about uh, your drinking quest games because I do have at least the trilogy edition and one or two of the other ones singly. Um, and I have played them, but I've always liked that you have that there. So it's, you're not trying to get people drunk. You're trying to get them to have a good time. Um, as yeah, opposed to, yeah. as you said, other drinking games, like if you ever play drinking games when you're younger, like flip um, cup. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. drink the whole drink. It's yeah. all about getting drunk in those games. And yours is more yeah, just and- like, have fun. And a big part of it, too, is that if every single person drank the maximum amount of drinks every time it was played, that wouldn't be interesting to me, and I don't think it would be as interesting for the players. So part of the story is, oh, remember that time we played Drinking Quest, and, you know, 
you were the one that you know had four shots or whatever you know like however it played out and there's there's all these little kind of micro stories that just happen with with the individual groups and it's just uh, it just sets a lot of things in motion for interesting things to happen and uh you know i all the different groups that i've played with you know at conventions you know around the world like it's it's been crazy like i've I, I should be so sick of my own games. And what, what always happens is, like, I'll sit down and play a game that I haven't thought about. Because once it's, once it's designed and sent to the manufacturer, like, I just straight up stop thinking about it. And then, like, six months later, I'll get 10,000 games delivered to my door and be like, oh, it's out now. Cool. All right, I'll, I'll put this into the pipeline. And, you know, this is the new thing. And then, you know, I'll be at a convention and someone will be like, oh, do you want to play this game? And I'll be like, oh, okay. And then what'll happen is I'll always play it and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's good. Oh, thank God. Because it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, you, you want to have a level of confidence with what you're doing, but you don't want to be overly cocky where you're like, oh, okay, anything I do will be good. That would be a terrible way to think. And that would, uh, that would only, you know, I, I, that would set myself up for failure, I think. So um, I, I'm kind of in the habit of, you know, being a little bit hard on myself and, uh, you know, I don't want to think my stuff is too good. But when I come in blind like that, after a period of time where I've just not thought about how a game plays at all or what the jokes are, and I sit down with it, like not only am I having fun, but I'm seeing other people having fun, and then those are uh, th th those are good moments. That's uh, that's good uh, affirmation that, that what I'm doing has you know some kind of value in the board game industry. And I I don't think I know there are other drinking games that are out there, uh, but I don't think sure. any are quite the same style as drinking quest yeah i no definitely not um because i you know i th there's other sword and sorcery themed drinking games but they are you know and i'm not saying they're bad games at all like if you want like a drinking game like there are definitely more hardcore drinking games out there yeah um so you know th there's other games that have like a sword and sorcery theme that are you know more of a traditional you know this game will get you drunk fast kind yeah. of games um but you know that's like like i those aren't the games i like to play um, and with, with Drinking Quest, it's like, okay, well, some of my favorite nights I've ever had are just playing RPGs, drinking with my friends, you know, having a quiet night in, you know, three or four people kind of thing, like, uh, you know, an intimate group. Um, and so that's kind of what I was trying to capture with this. Like, there, there's definitely, you know, bigger, dumber party games out there that will suit, you know, like, like a party better. Um, that being sure. said, um, I've still, with, with Trilogy Edition early on, I had people combining the quests which, you know, um, and just making these huge 12-player games, which, uh, like, like from a designer perspective, like, that, like there wouldn't be a lot of gameplay. Like, it would go around 12 people. Like, just, just to have any game that goes around 12 people would take mm -hmm. a while. But I guess if, you know, people are having fun doing it and they're the ones playtesting it and they're still doing it and they're telling me about it, I'm like, oh, okay, then if that works for your group, that's great. Um you know, it's really neat to see these things that other people think of that, you know, I, I never would have thought to make it a 12-player game. So, um, sure. yeah, I put in I put in that it was a variant rule because me personally, I didn't test that. Uh, but it was, you know, something I'd heard about more than once. Oh, yeah. um, so, so a six-pack will have that too. Technically, you could have up to a 24-player game with this one. Oh, wow. But it, oh, wait, no, a 20-player game, 20 heroes. But no, I, I would never recommend that for anyone. So I think oh, I might man. keep... I think I might keep the twelve-player variant. Um, that, that's how I have it right now. But you know, if something, you know, there's still time to change it if I want to. I wonder um, if you could uh, market so, that to like one of these board game bars that have been popping up. Be like, yeah, it's, oh, uh, I remember when you could go out to bars 
You'd be like, hey, I got this yeah. drinking game that's all oh, for, yeah, I... for up to like 20 people. <laughs> so, interesting fact about uh, board game bars. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't go out of my way to approach them normally, but I, I'll run into enough of these people, you know, conventions or, you know, my, my local uh, board game cafes or whatever. Um, and it's a weird 50-50 mix of, uh, you know, oh, you know, legally we can't promote binge drinking. And it's like, I, I, you know, I, I could technically say, well, you know, the reason I chose the numbers I did is because five drinks is the legal definition of binge drinking. But it's like, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> it's yeah. like, right. no, one, no one's going to be like, oh, well, actually, that's okay then. Um, <laughs> but then the other half are like, yes, I just keep those drinking quests coming. You know, like, I'll, I'll take a case of 50 or whatever. Like, it's, uh, yeah. it's really weird. So some are really into it and some not as much. And, you know, it, it probably relates to something as simple as, you know, what the provincial or state laws are and you know what uh, what you can and can't do oh, yeah. um but yeah it's, it's always interesting to me yeah, yeah i definitely heard stories about people playing them in the in the, in public spaces and uh you know as as long as you know nobody's driving home after i think that's great yeah i i just feel like drinking quest specifically would be perfect for that setting because you're not you're not trying to get people drunk again but you are encouraging them to drink as well so it's the thing where the bar would be like yeah we've got this fun drinking game and it's like oh i chugged my beer i need another beer yeah right it would keep people buying the drinks yeah from uh, the perspective of the owner yeah and, and there is a there's a non-drinking uh rule too that was uh, thought of by my lawyer um it's it's a great non-drinking rule so it's called the bladder burster rule so instead nice. of drinking an alcoholic drink you drink like a tall glass of water every time you die in the game but then oh. it costs you five coins every time you need to go to the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> uh, so it's yeah. it's a really interesting mechanic. Like at first I was just kind of groaning and I'm like, oh, okay, is this a good rule? But uh, as soon as I tried it for the first time, it's like you want to keep your coins. So you, you've got to, it's funny to watch your friends kind of suffer in that minor way where, you know, you know, they have to pee. <laughs> like it, it sounds ridiculous, but it, it works really well. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you're interested in this, but you don't want to actually drink, um, you know th there is that rule. And me personally, I never thought there was much value to play this if you weren't drinking, because that's not how I designed it. But again, I do hear from you know like a pre you know, from multiple people that they they like playing it without drinking just as a comedy game. Um, so you know it's just a dirt simple RPG. It's funny. You know you can introduce someone to you know, the really basic mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons, um, you know, and it works as a beginner's box before you actually play the beginner's box kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. It's, it's many levels simpler than that. Now, here's here's a thought, too, for any of the, uh, you know, uh, drinking tabletop uh, bars that are out there that don't want to promote the binge drinking. What about if you had a game? This is this is your next Kickstarter. I, I'm going to give it to you right now. the the next The next one is is a drinking quest, right? But it, the quest is to actually get the monsters in the game drunk. So so you're not drinking. You're just trying to get like the dragons and the giants drunk in the game, and see that way you're not technically promoting any any uh, any kind of binge drinking at all. Yeah, it's uh, I think. I think Red Dragon Inn has like fictional in-game drinking where the players don't drink. Oh, I haven't, okay. I haven't played it, but I've done enough research to know that it's, uh, you know, it, it's different than what I'm doing. Um, mm. 
but uh, yeah, and I think they also have a Kickstarter at the same time that uh, I'll be running my Kickstarter, uh, which is fine because it's it's weirdly happened at least twice before. Oh sure. Where like like I'll launch and I'll be like, oh, Red Dragon Inn's on here with a, with another Kickstarter, and we both do fine. Like it's nothing to worry about. <laughs> sure. Uh, there, there's all these weird things where you're like, oh, should I be competitive? Should I do this and that? And it's like, no, the, the board game industry, you know, it's mostly good people. You know, there's a uh, there's a few predatory people out there, and you know, if you're if you're in the industry, you do your research and you try to avoid those people. But um, you know, in general, yeah, it's um, you, you know, there's not a lot of that hardcore competition. It's like uh, you know, creators support other creators and companies support other companies. Um, sure. But sure. then you have like Hasbro and Esmode, and those are on a different level. As oh, everyone else, they 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 are like the mega corporations kind of thing. Yeah, so. sure, or, absolutely. Wait, doesn't Hasbro own Asmode now? I don't know. I can't keep up with it. But, oh, possibly. Uh, all possibly. I know is that most of the games I see on the shelves at work are like Hasbro, right? Yeah. But then you've got the, the you've got that like one four foot section that we've got that is like Matt Leacock. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And Hasbro still has what the the Games Lab? Didn't we talk to somebody who was a representative? Yeah, when we went to Bfig, there was a Hasbro yeah. Games Lab there. Yeah, yeah, the Games Lab. They that uh, get smaller titles and and pull them under the the hood. But um, I don't know. I just I, I for a second there, I thought it was like a, a really interesting idea. That how do you defeat the dragon? You just get the dragon drunk. That just seems like a good idea. It's it's yeah, another like... way to deal with the problem. Just based around peer pressure, so you're the bully, and you're you're, you're bullying you're a these dragon monsters. Bully. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it, it's the dragon you're, bully. You're not a hero at all. Yeah. That, the oh. moral of this game is that you're the bad guy. And and then after the dragon gets drunk, you steal all of the dragon's gold, and the dragon wakes up and goes, "Dude, where's my gold?" And that's oh, there's a great name for a game, "Dude, where's my gold." And it's the dragon waking up the next day like, oh, no, I have to retrace my steps, do the walk of shame and everything. I try to figure out what happened to my gold from the drinking the night before. This is These are the tales they never get around to telling in the world of fantasy. And I, I am disappointed now. Sometimes I wonder why you don't design your own games, Nathan. Because, the, because literally the extent of my game design would be dragon walks around, finds gold. There's no other mechanics to it. It's just here's pickup card that says gold on it. That's well, the s- simple games. I will absolutely stand up for simpler games because I think we're in this like incredible like renaissance age of board games where we're getting every kind of game that can exist. Like you know wh- yeah. whatever you want, it's out there. But I, I think there, there's definitely a heavy emphasis towards uh, the euro game that kind of brought board gaming back, and those tend to be very complicated. And so what, what I do, I, I make, you know, simple, casual games. There's definitely a market for simple games. And the great thing about uh, a simple game is that not only are they quick to learn, but you can actually, you know, experience the entirety of what it has to offer. Oh, sure. Whereas, you know, if you back a Kickstarter and you're getting three expansions with it and, you know, there's three rule books and, you know, it takes 10 hours to learn or whatever, it's like you're, you're never going to experience you know every facet of what that game has to offer um sure and i don't want to name any names but i bought that uh oh what is it imperial assault that star wars minis game oh a few years ago i bought that and i'm like this looks amazing and so i bought a couple of expansions with it and i sunk in 
hundreds of dollars. And so I spent, it must've spent 10 to 15 hours just reading the rule books mm-hmm. to make sure I knew what I was doing when, when I got to, when I got to the table with my friends and uh, oh my God, we started it and nobody understood what was happening. Yeah. And I should have been an expert and I still didn't know what was happening. And oh. maybe I'm a dumb dumb. I don't know, but it's like, <laughs> it was, it was a colossal disappointment. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And so eventually, you know, I sold it on eBay or something. Um, but it was like, you know, that like production values wise was very well put together and it, uh, you know, it made good use of the, the star Wars license, but the gameplay was just too, you know, it just wasn't intuitive, I guess. Um, sure. and there was just too many elements to it. Um, and you know, there's definitely a fan base for that game and there are people that think it's amazing and I, I don't want to, you know, besmirch it, uh, you know, too much, but you know, that, that wasn't for me, and that's an example of the the style I try and avoid. Yeah, I, I want to be fair to you and to the games like that. Uh, I don't think you're a dum dum, but uh, I believe wargaming as a whole is overtly complex, where it could be a lot more simplified. Yeah, it was it was kind of like an adventure game where like every quest there was like a different objective, but then it kind it did feel like a war game where it was just you know okay on your turn you do these. 47 things you know and it's like you have to go through the list and then it was i don't know it it, nothing nothing made me feel as cones of dunshire as imperial assault did (laughs) yeah Um, where where i say wargaming i definitely refer to a mini game uh in that fashion even if you're doing quests i just consider them all kind of war games Um, sure yeah but it's like because there's there's a huge market of you know the the kickstarter minis board games you know and it's like yeah, you sink in hundreds of dollars to get that all-in pledge and the uh, you know the exclusive Kickstarter mini and stuff like that. Um, and for the most part, I haven't really backed a lot of those because of Imperial Assault. Um, but I did back, back to Hasbro. I did back the new Hero Quest uh, last year when that came out. Uh, you guys ever played Hero Quest? It was originally through Milton Bradley. It's kind of like D and D Light in like the early '90s. So that that is like my all-time favorite board game and so there was like rights issues where they couldn't re-release it so i guess hasbro eventually figured it out and uh and they released their own kickstarter style platform called hasbro pulse and i think they made just under four million with it um and it uh i I was impressed because they didn't i was really worried they were going to make the gameplay you know really convoluted because it was it was a fairly simple dungeon crawler as far as they go um and i was worried that they were going to add modular rooms which are in every dungeon crawler minis game now, and I hate modular rooms. I, I don't think they work. It's it's too sloppy and weird. So Hero Quest had like a standard board with like a grid that had like some kind of generic looking rooms in it, but every quest, the dungeon master had like a different quest book. They'd kind of fill it in differently every time with, you know, whatever the quest required. So it was uh it was a simple setup, but you know, it had roll and move, it had things that players understood. You could start quickly for that kind of game. And, uh, you know, Hasbro, it looks like they did a really good job of kind of modernizing it. Um, and, you know, me, me being a grognard who played the original game, there's a few moments where it's like, it may, maybe the sword and sorcery isn't as gritty as it was before, but there's also all these other improvements. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it definitely looks like a, like a more polished modern game. Nice. Sure. So, yeah. I'm glad Sh- you shout out to HeroQuest. Big fan of HeroQuest. Terrific. Nice. Terrific. Shout out to the guys at the top of the game field. <laughs> That's yes. right. Good job, Hasbro. <laughs> and now, 
Now we just need an actual Cones of Dunshire. Mm. Somebody. <laughs> I need well, to look her... it up because I was like, has anyone actually done? I guess somebody actually did work on making a real <laughs> real version of that. I haven't seen it on store shelves, though. So, so the uh, first Gen Con I worked, I think it was like 2012 or 2013. Um, they, um, was it Mayfair games at the time? They had like a yeah. huge event where it was a charity event and you could win like an actual copy of cones of Dunshire. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember it was such a big deal. Cause yeah, I don't think it's ever been commercially released, which would be funny. It's like, let's release this expensive bad game on purpose. Yeah. Um, but it's like, but yeah, I guess they made a few copies and they, they raised some money for charity and, uh, so that, that was a fun thing to do. Uh, in terms of uh, how long it's going to take me to play all six of these games... Oh, can is there any through line with the six games? That's that's the one thing I always wondered. Like, if I if I start and I have, like, my own kind of character in the first one, do I, do I do the Mass Effect thing, basically? Okay, that is a very good question. Uh, intentionally, they're designed in a way where you can start anywhere and it doesn't matter. But if you do play through them in order, there's like extra background stuff you can notice and little connections you can make with the jokes. Nice. So what happens is the jokes kind of start layering on top of each other. And without, you know, paying attention too much, you'll notice all these little details about characters and backgrounds and, uh, you know, things like, you know, you'll notice that the heroes are generally just awful, awful people. Like they're not sure. heroes at all, but that that's revealed one little piece at a time as you're playing. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, yeah, so there, there's uh, there's there's an extra layer if you play through them in order, but you don't need to. You can start anywhere. So with six pack, it's got six different games, and you know they're about an hour to play through, give or take. You know if if you're having a good time with your friends, you're sitting around drinking. Maybe it takes two hours. You know I've definitely had a few long games where we weren't very focused, um, <laughs> but they were still great nights and we had a good time. Yes. Um, so yeah, you've got at least six of those nights with a brand new game you've never played before. But there's also 20 different heroes so you've got 20 playthroughs with a hero that you've never tried before and they're all balanced differently and they've all got their own special ability but in a way where they're pre-made and it's simple and setup time is still one minute like you don't need to sit around and you know spend two hours making a character which i i never thought would fit like a, a half drinking game so it's like okay pre-made heroes it is we'll uh we'll provide the balance up front yeah um, absolutely and then from there you can like mix and match the quests now and there's basically like unlimited oh. randomized gameplay like it's just there, there's no two games will ever play out the same way um so you can mix the quest ones from any two games or mix all six games together like it's uh there's just a lot of uh mechanical options with this new version beautiful beautiful uh so th there you go folks there's a reason to pick up the six pack you can mix and match to your heart's content, and you can have an unfocused time, if you would like, with friends, which is pretty much every drinking game anyway. So I think I think that this is terrific. This is terrific. Um, I did want to, just one last aside uh, before we start uh, closing up. I happened to type in, th this is just something to remember for the future. I, if, if I type in Drinking Quest 6-pack, the first thing that comes up is an article that is completely unrelated to the game about the quest for six-pack abs. <laughs> I'm seeing that now, yeah. Because yeah. it, it's not public yet. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, exactly. <laughs> I, I might make it public tomorrow for the first time, or okay. I might just launch the Kickstarter out of nowhere, which I love doing. Sure. Um, it's just, uh, I, I like the idea of, just quietly making something for a year 
and being like, hey, look at this basically finished thing. Um, yeah. that, that's a fun way to do it for me. I know there are a lot of creators that like kind of showing the steps and the process along the way, but uh, part of the, the Jason Anarchy brand is I try and be this kind of weird, mysterious, kind of off-brand game designer. Uh, so I like to uh, just keep everybody on their toes a little bit. Oh, sure, sure. Actually, that's like the next several articles is all about six-pack abs. <laughs> Quest for six-pack abs. Well, you know what? There's a there's a special card you can build for like an expansion goal. It's just um, the six-pack abs quest. Oh, just that's... a quest all about working out. Okay, that's... Yeah. Oh, it, that'd be... it, instead of a drinking game, it's a, it's, it's a, a bodybuilding game. It's a workout game. A working out RPG. Oh my god. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's kind of like Ring Fit Adventure, but if there's it's a like, way to make it but, more like a like a pen and paper workout RPG, oh, that could be fun. We're just could, gonna call it Abs Quest. Abs Quest. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that people could bring to the gym. You could have tabletop gym oh. time. No, Nathan. What you do is instead of people drinking when they get something that happens, you have to do like push-ups or sit-ups. Yeah, something, I, I kind like of that. love that. Um, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Nintendo's, uh, you know, Wii Fit and Ring Fit Adventure because it, it stimulates the gamer part of my brain. And not only does it show progress, you know, with my biceps when I'm working out or whatever, it's yeah. like, you know, there's in-game progress and I'm gaining levels and unlocking things. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, that could be a fun thing to do in the future for sure. Can you imagine if you had like a twister mat, but every time you put like your hand or your foot on a, on a square, there's a quest associated with it, and then you've got to do that while you're in the position you're in. Oh, yeah. you could roll oh. dice while you're in. The... Yeah, working out and rolling dice like that's that's something that hasn't oh been captured God. yet. Like that no. that could be good. That's you a heard market it here first, folks. <laughs> that's a market coming soon. C- come the workout. Whoever RPG. releases this first will have dozens of dollars. Work Odyssey. From all of us nerds who need <laughs> desperately to work out. Gains Quest coming 2022. Bench Quest. Gains, gains Quest. <laughs> it's all about them gains. Yeah. That's right. I love it. How much it's you bench? all the drinking people do from drinking quest. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. a it's a recovery game to play the next day. That would exactly. Be yeah, exactly. You, you understand if you actually make this, your protagonist has to be like a big sweaty jock dude. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Has no, to no, no. He's gonna he's gonna be a swole nerd. Oh, That's like I, I I'm not it. doing the jock stereotype type. It's if it's for no. an RPG. I'm doing the nerd stereotype. There, there you go. Like, you know, the guy with the taped glasses. He represents all of us, but he's swole as fuck. Uh, so he's just he's he's going against type we we need a we need a a swole nerd that's great now see if you ever do a drinking quest uh seven though i think that has to be uh the morning after it's the hangover quest to try and get rid of the hangover from the day afterward maybe that can be the workout i don't know uh in the newest three games i've had bonus quests that aren't part of like the actual canon that are like sober up quests yes so one of them has the heroes drinking tea and it's like all this tea stained artwork uh the next one has all the heroes in rehab uh trying to sober up but also trying to escape and um the game after that had a sober up quest where it was like uh 1950s style uh psas on how to sober up like uh like like all like like the bioshock like fake ads like stuff yes. like that and it's like uh you know captain chuglox's patented bicep tonic and you know things like that and like <laughs> all the all these fake ways to sober up 
So that's hair uh, of the hellhounds. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I just I thought the workout one would be fun. I see so many people that are in the uh, the RPG community, and they're always posting videos of going out to the gym and working out and everything and, and getting fit. And it, I was like, oh, could could, could make an RPG for you. <laughs> we could yeah, yeah. There's there there is a there is a really weird subset of a subset of uh, people in the board games industry that are also like hardcore about working out. So. Yeah, um, yeah. With, with, with me, I, I work out moderately, but on Twitter, I never shut up about how great my biceps are. That's kind of like a sure. running Twitter joke that I have. I'm just, you know, it's 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 funny if I'm always talking about how great my biceps are. Uh, I don't even have, remember how yeah. it started, but I've been doing it for a long time. Um, but anyway, I have, uh, have that with tagline for the episode. <laughs> What's the, the tagline? The, the, the biceps flex for you or something like that yeah <laughs> my biceps have biceps yeah it's uh i don't know biceps are funny to talk about in a serious way it's like yeah. if you're not joking and you're just completely deadpan about it talking about your biceps is funny to me uh, so it's uh yeah it, it just ended up being a good recurring joke where it's like okay i can't think of anything funny i'm like uh let's tweet something about my biceps um <laughs> but yeah what, whatever works right it's like people have, have generally responded well to it yeah um but for real though, there are some like hardcore, like swole board games people. So, oh, yeah. um, like uh, an another Toronto person, shout out to Carol Tan of Leader Games. She is just <laughs> swole as hell, always posting these workout pics. And I'm like, mm -hmm. man, that's cool. Like that, that is a cool couple of interests. You know, board games, and you know, you know, just working out. Like also, I'm reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography at the moment. So it's like I am, I'm like right in a place of like, like, like like workout theory and stuff like that and uh yeah anyway gr great book so far it's not new or anything i think it's like 10 years old or something but it's like you know you, you learn about how he he was this poor austrian boy who became a bodybuilding champion and then the world's oh, yeah. most famous actor and then freaking governor of california like just unbelievable <laughs> i love it that's it, it was a journey it was definitely a journey Anything else you wanted to add about uh, the six-pack that we haven't talked about already? Um, yeah, if, uh, if it's something you listener are interested in, just go to Kickstarter, type in Drinking Quest six-pack, should come up right away. All of your questions will be answered on the page. There's a, a video where it tells you the broad strokes about Drinking Quest, and it's full of explosions. There's a metal song playing. Perfect. Awesome. And then if you go through the page, there are 24 different card spreads of uh, three cards each. So there's I think there's like 72 different cards on the page so you can get an idea of what the humor is and then beyond that there's 328 completely unique cards for the game that comes with dice and a cloth map and a metal coin and six different tuck boxes within a giant two-piece box and the cover of that game is uh, Dungeons and Dragons artist Claudio Pozzaz drawing uh, you know just gritty sword and sorcery heroes that are also alcoholic so there's there's a lot of funny stuff on that page. And if anyone wants to tweet at me and ask a question or make fun of my biceps or something, I'm at DrinkingQuest on Twitter. Uh, and uh, while we're at it, uh, if you want to find uh, anything that we're doing right now over on Twitter, I am at Citanium, Alex is at EXP Limited, and the show is at Delve Podcast. And uh, do not forget to go over to DelveCast.com for all the content that we make over there. And thank you to our Shiny Little patrons, Bonnie Ainsworth and Nick and Drunk Paul, who probably would absolutely love Drinking Quest. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of his forte. It's uh, a good I'll, name, Drunk Paul. I like that. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drunk Paul has been uh, very helpful. He got our um, Discord server to level one. So that is... Oh. Yes, that is, is the contribution that he made. And occasionally jumps into my streams uh, to to uh, say random things about the game that he happens to be playing at the time. <laughs> it's all good. Super fun. All right, go go Drunk Paul. Uh, yeah, that's right, Drunk Paul. You're, you're Jason Anarchy approved. He will be happy. I'm going to open a beer right now in your honor. <laughs> yes, and he will probably open one in yours as soon as he hears this, too. It's, it's a vicious cycle. It will never end. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Uh, oh, oh, Cones of Dunshire. Anyway, um, so... So, uh, Jason, thank you so much for coming on, telling us all about a whole six-pack that we get to have uh, for Drinking Quest. I'm, uh, I'm kind of scared as to what uh, the next one might be. Um, is, is it a case? Will there be a Drinking pe- Quest case at some point? Um, it's it's going to be in a really big fanny pack next time. Great big fanny that's, pack. That's, that's my goal, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, it'll be the, my next compilation game will be the first nine drinking quest games in a giant fanny pack is my goal. <laughs> so let's, let's see how do, that plays out. Do you can, you can either do that or you do the epic RPG version of it. And it's, it's a 40 it's drinking pen. Oh, it, it's the drinking yeah. quest 40. And it's just Billy have... D. Williams to promote it. That, that could work. I yeah, like exactly. Yeah, that's right. Hey, something to think about. Um, <laughs> Don't think about it too hard, though. This is not that kind of a, not kind of experience. We don't want to get into the the Star Wars minis <laughs> again. Yeah, the, no, not that, not that much thinking at all. Not no. that much thinking involved. <laughs> Absolutely. A drinking Nothing against quest. thinking, but yeah, that's <laughs> drinking Dr- quest, not thinking quest. <laughs> no, yeah, okay, drinking quest, not go. the thinking quest. <laughs> oh my god, thinking quest oh. would be a great name for something. It could be like those those old math games that they had on the floppy disk, <laughs> math munchers. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, okay. Anyway, thank you, thank you so much for. To Jason for coming on and thank you all for listening and we will see you on the next episode goodbye everyone there there were there, there was one podcast i did where you couldn't swear but i'd already sworn and i felt bad okay. so i uh I, I, I try and ask now right before i'm about to right or, or shortly <laughs> after in this case yeah yeah, I feel like that's pretty pretty easy to edit out a swear or two if you need to. Yeah, you put in a funny like censored noise. Oh, I put like yeah, a clown honk. Yeah, yeah, uh, a horse whinny. That's always a good one. <laughs> Car honk. Yeah. yeah.